working with someone else on a couple of V's. What do you really think of the nigga that's making your beats? I've done things for him I thought that he never would need. Father had to stretch his hands out and get it from me. And we back. We back to the... Welcome back to the uh, first uh, episode in a minute. But I got some... I got a great, great reasons to be back, man. Like, this is... This is what... This is what we've been waiting for as far as like hip hop fans, as far as fans that are like really, really fans of like rapping and bars, man. Like, it's been a while since I was like, you know, like really excited about the game, man. Like, we got Drake going back at Pusha. Pusha just dropped a, a classic rap album. Kanye's dropping his albums next his album next week and then the week after and then after that is Nas. And Black Thought is dropping an album next week. Yo, this rap is exciting again right now, man. Like it's been a while with like just a whole bunch of whack rappers are getting attention. But I feel like the I feel like the bars is back right now, man. Like this is exciting, man. We got Drake versus Pusha T, or Drake versus Pusha T and Kanye. But you know, Kanye Kanye's not like the rapper like that that's gonna respond. Um, but I'm I'm just happy I'm just happy uh, niggas is is rapping again, man. Actually spitting that shit to each other, man. Like, I was, man, as soon as that Push album came out, I was just listening to that. I had to listen to the album like 10 times already. But, um, this is dope, man. This is sport, man. Rap is a contact sport, man. So, I think Push is, I think Push is ready. You know, at first, at first, I thought that he didn't really have to respond because I felt like the disses that Drake had towards him weren't really, you know, strong hitting. You know, I thought they were very like empty. I thought, um, I thought the disses on the on the Duppy freestyle were more catered towards uh, Kanye and uh, Let's Push a T, but. You know, but, you know, for the sport of it, I think, you know, I now think that Pusha does have to respond. Um, I felt a little different at first. But, um, man, we gonna, we definitely going to see, man. We definitely going to see what's what's going to happen, what's going to unravel. Um, but this is, an exci- this is an exciting time for rap right now. I just feel like, you know, these are like these are like two giants right now in the game, you know. Um, so I'm just excited to to see what's what's gonna happen next, man. Of course, uh, Pusha T uh, on the track Infrared, you know, hit hit Drake with a hit Drake with a couple jabs um, earlier. So um, this is what you know that is what uh, what um, Drake is responding to, you know. It's gonna, it's gonna be, inter- it's gonna be interesting. But this is what uh, Drake is responding to. The bigger question is how the Russians did it. It was written like Nas, but it came from Quentin. At the mercy of a game where the code is missing. When the CEO's blinded by the glow, it's different. Believe 
But I'm gonna get into. I'm gonna tell y'all how I feel about Pusha's album. I'm gonna get into that, and then we're gonna go back to we're gonna go back to my um Drake versus Pusha T analysis, or so far what's going on because um Pusha didn't release a response yet, but right now I'm just gonna do like a analyst of what uh what uh transpired so far but um so um uh weeks ago kanye you know tweeted out that a flurry of albums that uh that he's gonna be producing for um on june 1st his album is coming out then the following week him and Kid Cudi are coming out. Then after that, Nas is coming out. And then after Nas, Tiana Taylor is coming out. But the first one of those albums that Kanye is producing is um was Pusha T. You know, originally called King Push, but uh he changed it to Daytona. Um basically meaning that he has the luxury of time because you know his music is you know is so it's so fulfilling like that he feels like um he's been an artist that's that's always you know gave quality records so at this point of his career he just feels like he has the the quality of time that's why he's uh naming the album Daytona so Daytona dropped on Friday May 25th seven songs but i'm telling you these seven songs feel feel so fulfilling man it's not just it's not like a regular ep like um what what pusha gives you is just like is is depth like his words have a lot of depth in them man like you know it's uh you know it's easy to it's easy to be like all he talks about is his drugs but like if you listen to the way he's doing it the the wordplay and the the name flips like you know the background behind it it's more than just the average you know drug dealer rap and he's like he's you know he's like intricate with it like real precise um not to mention the production behind it you know it's just the production behind it is just amazing. Is just amazing. Um, of course, Kanye did the whole, did the whole record. But you know, just the, just the collaborative effort that they have, you know, together is, you know, is is amazing. You know, um, similar to like when uh, when Pusha T was, you know, was uh, with Malice, and um, you know when they were the clips. You know they had a you know a formidable, a formidable uh, artist producer relationship with Pharrell. So you know, you know Pusha T is used to like being around these producers that got uh that just lace him with tremendous, tremendous production. But um first track on the first track on the album is called um if you know you know. Now the title alone. That just lets you know that he's about to like just go in on some on some like on some some drug dealing history. The shit that he's just you know that he's been that he's been through, the shit that he's that shit that he's witnessed, like you know, just letting just letting niggas know like yo 
Like, yo, if you don't understand this, like, this might not be for you. And that's like the... That's that's like what he touches upon throughout the whole album. Throughout the whole album, you get the you get the gist of like, yo, if this is if this is not for me, I should just like you know turn this off now. You know, like Pusha at this point of his career, you know, he has the luxury of you know not having to not having to make a record that that fits radio. Like he doesn't really have to do any of that. And that's some of the things that he's touching on throughout the album, man. And um, the confidence, the confidence, you know, mix of like, you know, arrogance kind of uh, of what Pusha has throughout the album, man. It's just like, this makes this album a great listen. You know, the second track on the album, The Games We Play. It's just like straight, hard thumping, braggadocious rap. Says some line. He says some line like, uh, "Put your table next to mine. Let's make the bottles. Let's make the bottle service race." So, like something like that to the extent of that. And he's just going in throughout this whole album. This is just like, you know, extraordinary. You know, extraordinary, like, luxury rap. You know, like, you know, if this isn't... If you don't like this type of record, I don't... uh, I really don't know what to say. If you claim to be, like, a fan... A fan of hip-hop... And you gotta... You gotta mess with this album. A fan of just, like, you know, bars. You know, there's no filler. No filler on this album seven songs seven songs just you know straight through no fluff you know and i think that's how it should be man that's how it should be i'm not saying not everybody should make you know not everybody could do an album with just seven songs of course some people you know they need a whole bunch of they need a whole bunch of tracks you know whether they want to get their streams up or or they just need more chances (laughs) basically but um next track after next track after um the games we play is i want to say it's the track with ross hard piano um yeah ross ross and pusha another another duo just that just sounds so so rich and powerful together it's like the perfect it's the perfect contrast it's the perfect contrast between them so that's always gonna work you know the drug dealer talk of course with luxurious with luxurious raps vivid stories you know their pen game is like it pushes it pushes the envelope man just makes you imagine like you could just imagine everything that they're saying you know like the lines like just stand out lines like never trust a bitch that's in love with a camera she will turn around and fuck a janitor like you know they just leave you with (laughs) they just leave you with different thoughts that is just like it's like oh shit shit that just makes you think you know Of course, like, 
like the beautiful instrumentation behind it, behind the words, man. Um, so another track, you know, right then and there. Fisher starting off the album three for three. Um, after that, the next track. After um, the Rick Ross joint, our piano is a comeback baby. You know, of course, um, again, man, they're not sh- um, Pusha and Kanye. Pusha and Kanye was not playing with us, man. <laughs> they're not playing with us. Um, another hard-hitting joint that just cuts through. Um, push us, switch this flow a little bit on this one too. Little had a little like had a little bounce to it. It just it's just effort effortlessly, man. Just like it's just extraordinary rap, man. Like I don't, you know. I don't know what else to say, man. And then, you know, the whole album just, oh, like, you know, you go into Santeria after that track five, you know, and track number six, you got What Would Meek Do? Um, what Would Meek Do is interesting. Um, that's a record that, of course, he, he wanted Meek to be on, but at the time, Meek was in jail. So he didn't get a chance to, to get Meek to jump on it. Um, so he ended up just putting Kanye on it. Kanye, Kanye has a fire verse, and I love how Kanye starts his verse with the, with a little bit of the poop, the poopity scoop. But um, he originally wanted uh, Meek Mill on that record, but when Meek did get out of jail, um, he really couldn't, he really couldn't come to, to ask him to jump on it, cause you know, like when somebody's fresh out of jail and you're just like. You don't want to hit somebody like, yo, you want to get in the studio with me and, you know, and do this. You know, sometimes you got to you got to let them uh, have a little have a little space when they come out. So um, that's what would Meek do. And of course, the last track on the record, as we uh, as we do a rewind and get back to the. Drake Pusha T situation. The last track on that album is called Infrared. Um, this record is serious, man. Um, this is the record that definitely got under Drake's skin to make that boy to make that boy start start rapping again. Um, this record is just so dark like beside beside the the, the jab the jabs at Drake and and him talking about baby like shit that he's saying like Tom Brady you niggas I had to scramble out Oh, it's okay to do, baby. That me crazy like I really killed the baby. 
Um, this is a mean record. This is a scabbing, a scabbing record that just, if you listen to the words, like, it's easy that Pusha T knows how to get under, under people's skin. Especially on, especially on the cash money, on the cash money camp. You know, because of course there's a backstory, a backstory with this, uh, with this Drake versus Pusha T thing. You know, some people say that it even started as far as uh, back as uh, 2001, when um. The clips, of course, were on uh, on Birdman's fa- um, famous uh, single, What Happened to That Boy, where, of course, you know, Pharrell produced that beat. And a lot of people say that, a lot of people say that um, they were never paid. Um, Pharrell was never paid. The Neptunes were never paid for the beat that they did for, uh, for Birdman, which, of course, was a Neptunes beat. So a lot of people say, you know, that's even where the <laughs> where the beef is stemming from. I don't know how accurate that is, honestly. Um, but hey, um, Cash Money does have a history, you know, of not of not paying producers, you know, featured artists. That's been a you know a serious thing that's been going on for a while with them. You know, so who knows? That could be the reason. But Pharrell's such a nice guy, you know, and that would never, you know, like, that would never probably, like, come out to the light. He will probably never, you know, say that, never just flat out say, like, yeah, they never paid me because Pharrell's such a, a nice dude. But, you know, shortly after that, you know, a few years later, um, Clips, of course, had the famous song Mr. Me Too. Where a lot of people felt that that was uh, dissing Little Wayne. Because, um, of course, uh, Clips and Pharrell heavily used to wear bait. You know, back like in like 04, like 03, 04, 05, like around that range. They used to heavily wear bait. And then um, around the time the Carter or the Carter 2 was coming out, you know, Little Wayne started wearing bait heavy too. So a lot of people equated that to when they heard Mr. Me Too, they was like, okay, that's a subliminal to Lil Wayne. Because they, a lot of people felt that Lil Wayne was copying the Clips style of dress. And of course, at the time, Clips was also running with uh, Gilly the Kid, who in the meantime had a little, um, had a little uh, situation going on with Cash Money as she was claiming that he was writing for Lil Wayne. So there's a whole lot of... This whole thing of not writing and goes full circle with cash money from like Drake to Lil Wayne, where um, Gilly the Kid was claiming to that he wrote for Lil Wayne. And he was also, you know, kind of riding, kind of riding um, with the clips, you know, not sure if they were actually doing any business, but he was definitely cool with him as he actually used to be a group member um, with Ab Liva. They were part of major figures. And of course, Ab Liva um, is uh, part of the re-up gang. You know, he's uh, very cool with the clips. Um, frequent collaborators. collaborators. So that was it. Um, 
And they went back and forth, you know, with like, you know, magazine interviews, you know, regular interviews, things like that. Um, you know, both parties kind of claim like, you know, kind of like clips are like, nah, we weren't talking about him. Um, I guess Lil Wayne said something that he never tried to dress like Pharrell or the clips. Um, so that was the end of that for a while, but you know, push push a T has a lot of clever lines. You know, kind of where it seemed like he might be poking at um, Little Wayne. You know, down the line after that. Um, now where things uh, start to get a little heavy is when um, Pusha T actually uh, released a track. He released a track um, called Exodus. Um, Exodus. Uh, Exodus 23.1, I believe it's called. I, I believe it's called... Well, for the most part, let's just say it's called Exodus. I can't get the the exact uh, the exact one of what it's called. But, you know, when uh, Pusha T released that, you know, that hit home for a lot of people. Um, Lil Wayne in particular. 23-1 is what it's called. So that hit home for a lot of people in particular, especially Lil Wayne as Pusha T, you know, was kind of airing out the bad practices um, of Birdman and Cash Money early on, you know, as far as like contract issues. Um, for the most part, it was directed at Wayne, but a lot of people um, felt that some lines were also pointed at, at Drake. So that's kind of like where the start of the the Pusha T and, and Drake situation happened. Um, Pusha T, Pusha T had a few other lines directed at Drake. Um, he had a couple lines about like sweaters and sweaters and shit like that, <laughs> or I guess that that caught a lot of people's attention. But when Exodus came out, that you know that got under Wayne's skin. To the point where Wayne actually released the diss record to Pusha T, which a lot of people forgot about it. Um, where he starts off the diss record saying, fuck Pusha T and anybody that loves him, like right out the gate. Unfortunately, that was probably the only memorable, you know, part of that diss record as it was, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't really highly favored to people. Um, Pusha T simply responded to that diss record by... Um, ultimately saying that it's trash and he didn't feel the need to respond to it um that was the end of that for a while um you know insert drake you know Pusha t and drake kind of been taking like little po- little digs at each other mostly on Pusha t's side you know leading everybody to believe that yo Pusha wants that Pusha wants that smoke with Drake as um you know he kind of been kind of been poking at him um so two birds one stone drops a couple years ago I want to say maybe 2016 maybe 2017 I could be a little off like that but two birds and one stone drops um a record where um where Drake takes digs at Pusha T and Kid Cudi um basically claiming that uh, Pusha T is not really the drug dealer that he claims to be. You know, um, 
a common thing that I see with this with this beef right now is like uh, Pusha T is po- uh, poking at the same angles for Drake, and Drake is poking at the same angles when it comes to Pusha T. Um, so it's it's gonna be interesting to see if um, with the next round of records, if they do choose to do that. Are they going to take, like, different angles? Because so far, it seems like the main thing Drake is running with is that Pusha T is not is not really the drug dealer that he claims to be. And the angle that Pusha T is taking is that Drake doesn't write none of his lyrics. Um, the problem is, is like, um, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards Pusha T because there is proof that Drake doesn't write all of his lyrics. There's not really anybody that could say that that um, Pusha T didn't sell drugs that he raps about. You know, nobody really came out there and was, you know, and really and really questioned it. But Drake's, but Drake's pen has been in question. But I do, I do got to give credit where it's due because Drake is coming out here and he's rapping. You know, he didn't go to Twitter and you know talk about, you know, and just like say it and just like you know talk shit on Twitter, like you know. He showed us where the bars was at. You know, he came through swinging, so I got to appreciate that. I'll be wrong not to appreciate that. Now, the record itself, the Duffy Freestyle, I think it's cool. Um, I think it is a cool diss record. Um, you know, Drake is flowing on that. He's rapping. You know, he, he's talking that shit. You know, the invoice thing was a little, it was a little cute. That was funny. But, you know, I was, in, I was impressed with the rapping, I think. I think he did I think he did his thing on that. You know, he did what he had to do. But to me it was more so it sounded more so like like a Kanye like a Kanye diss than a Pusha T diss. You know what I mean? Um but it's gonna be interesting to see if 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 Pusha T responds. You know, because I'm you know I'm listening to it and there's not a lot of lines that if I'm Pusha T and I'm listening to it, there's not a lines, there's not a lot of lines that I'm listening to like, damn, he really, you know, he really struck a nerve right there. You know, like Pusha T got vivid, got vivid lyrics about this drug dealer talk, man. It's, you know. It's hard for me to believe that he'll be lying about that, you know. I might be biased, but but we're gonna we're gonna see how this goes on, man. I guess this is maybe this is the beginning. You know, that was a that was a hard that was a hard hitting shot by Drake. I think the advantage that uh that Drake does have over push is um the simplicity of his lyrics. You know, a lot of a lot of his lines are like very like uh, social media friendly. So, you know, even like the digs that he took at Kanye, it's like you know everybody, everybody knows Kanye's a producer. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't, he doesn't write all of his stuff. You know, so that isn't. It's like you're supposed to be the you're supposed to be one of the top rappers. So that's why it's a big deal why you don't write all your stuff. Meanwhile, Kanye is a producer, but but it's it's gonna be interesting, man. Drake sounds like he wants that smoke. Pusha sounds like he wants that smoke. 
Kanye, he's probably just going to be chilling. You know, he got an album dropping this Friday. Yeah, so it's good. It's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be... I want to see the angle that, uh, that Pusha T takes. You know, like... Does Pusha... Does he go hard? Does he... Does he go for the ether? Or does he go for a little... Or does he go for a track and, and holds back a little bit? Just in case... Just in case Drake got something else in the clip. Honestly, I think he just gotta... I think he just... I think if Pusha does respond, I think he just gotta go in. I think he just gotta go for the ether. Just knock him out. Because I just... I don't really know what else Drake could say about Pusha. I would... That would really, that would really like get people to go crazy. I think that's why he took the Kanye angle. I think, uh, I think Drake dissing Kanye, um, you know, probably made more noise than, than the actual diss lines that he had towards Pusha T. So it's gonna be interesting. I think if Pusha goes in, he just gotta, he just gotta go for the knockout. Just go straight for it. Um, I think I heard in the interview before Pusha was talking about like his style would be more so like, you know, it'll be like you kind of have to like dig for it. Like the disses wouldn't be as like obvious. And as a hip hop fan, you know, actually like, you know, doing research for lyrics and shit like that and like shit that goes over your head. Like, you know, that's that's some like real hip hop shit. Like it's dope. But it depends on who you're going against. I feel like if his if the challenge was against like somebody else who's like more on a on the lyrical level as himself like if he was going in, like if he if he was battling like a black dot or a, or a j electronica i think then he would have the luxury of like kind of like you know like you know kind of like you know boxing with it like you know taking the right jabs and shit like that but I think when you go against somebody like like a Drake or even if you were going against like a Kendrick or a Cole, because they're so popular and so big, whatever they do is gonna is gonna catch whatever they say is gonna catch like the headlines on like the Shade Room and Ball Alert and DJ Academics page and shit like that. I feel like because of who he's going against, he has to go for the knockout. You know, it's kinda like Nas and Jay Z. I think um I think I heard something where like, or like, uh, you know, Nas was going to be like, the reason why Ether sounds like that is because Nas knew that he needed something that was, that was going to like, even if like, if a lot of people say Ether was just like mostly jokes and shit, Nas designed Ether where like, he's just snapping on Jay. It's like, the, it's like they're just like snapping on each other at the lunch table. And... And he designed it to be like that because of the the climate that they were in. He knew that he didn't have the luxury of time to like, you know, kind of. He didn't have the time to to do like a slow cooker. You know what I mean, he couldn't he couldn't broil it, man. He had to just like straight fry it. And I think that's what Pusha T has to do if he responds, because you know, right now a lot of people are running with these disses. Even though most of the disses that people are running with is like for Kanye it's like oh he wrote for he did write for Kanye he did father stretch my hands and oh he sent him a he actually sent him an invoice you know I I think he gotta you know he gotta stay true to like his lyricism but at the same time he's gonna have to 
he's gonna have to say some shit that's like oh like kind of like on some like some embarrassing shit um it's gonna be dope to see though man but like all this rapping shit like uh like it's this shit got me this shit got me hype right now man because you know i took a break from the podcast for a while you know i'm looking to be more I'm looking to be more freak, more frequent with it, you know, but a lot of stuff that was going on, I kind of didn't want to talk about it, you know, like with the Kanye tweets and him wearing the MAGA hat and shit like that. I really didn't want to talk about that, you know, fab, you know, with the domestic. I, I didn't want to talk about it on my podcast. So that's one of the reasons why I took a break, too, because if I did, if I was to do a podcast during when those times, uh, when, those t- when that was happening, all those events, you know, people would kind of look at me crazy like, oh, you did a podcast and you're not talking about and you're not talking about Fab beating his wife up because, you know, that type of shit I don't really like to get into. I might make a little joke in there, but, you know. I didn't want to talk about that shit. I didn't want to talk about Kanye, about the slavery comments. Like, like I wanted to talk about like some some good music that's going on, man. And there's gonna be a lot. There's gonna be a lot of great music coming out this summer. So this is what gets me hyped, man. So you know. So um, thanks for joining me. You know, thanks for listening. No, this is the, I guess this is like the Pusha T. Drake, you know, analyst, analyst episode. So, um, I'm going to catch y'all later. Thanks for tuning in. One.